0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and ElitesportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation, episode two of season four. Welcome back to One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for uh, downloading the podcast. Thank you for. Hopefully you subscribed, liked, commented. We need all the comments and the likes and all that we can get. It uh, For some reason, that's the big thing with podcasts. The more interactions it gets wherever you've downloaded this from, whether it's the SXM app or it's the Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play. If you could leave feedback, a thumbs up, a like, a favorite, uh, subscribe and comment, hey, nice job, or hey, terrible job, whatever it is. We would definitely appreciate that each and every one of you that can do that. Thank you uh, for that. This is One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is uncensored, unfiltered, and refuses to back down no matter how much people want to complain or bitch or moan. It is uncensored. That means I will curse. I'm going to say the naughty words, the bad words. I'm also going to talk about topics that are not, Uh, good for children or sensitive ears in general nowadays it's tough to determine what is good for children as opposed to adults because i think more adults are bigger baby backs than children are so take it into your own context folks and you've been warned because the naughty words are coming my name is Jeff Mance. By the way, you can find me uh, weekday afternoons. I host Elite Sports on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, the time every weekday afternoon on Channel 87 on Sirius XM. I am also part owner and the chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. Everything you need in the world is at fantasyguru.com, from seasonal daily fantasy to betting to data. To live streams and podcasts and programming and Discord and everything else you could possibly draft guides and um, everything. I don't know what else you could possibly want. A lineup optimizers, we've got that. The live events and shows, we have that. Make sure you are over there at fantasyguru.com. For this baseball season, I've had a monster come back after the first two two weeks were kind of down. My first week was really down for me, and then it's been fire ever since. I'm up almost nine units as of this recording over the last week and a half. Now, I was also down eight units before that. So, uh, before actually, no, I was down 12 units at one point, so I'm actually up 14 units as I enter play today over that span since I hit the low mark. So uh, red hot right now. Baseball models have all adjusted. We are on top of it. NFL draft coverage, that's what I got for you today. Talk a lot of football on the show today. I'll talk some baseball. I even got a couple of NBA thoughts, if you can believe it or not. If you are over there at FantasyGuru.com, and you should be, you should be a VIP Platinum member because if you are, then you get all the goodies. You get all the... All the bats, all the plays, and it, I'm telling you this right now. Now, we're in April of 2023 already. My mind has been blazing for the last six months. What I mean by that is I've created a lot of new tools, new data points, new shows. I've got a lot of new things coming for us at FantasyGuru.com. Some of them already live in our MLB product. You've seen my basketball prowess over the last couple of months as well, and football season is going to be no joke. So all the news, that you, that's why you want to be platinum, just so you get everything, and that way you don't have to bitch and complain to me, which I understand. I'm on your side with it, but just get that VIP platinum, and whatever it is, if you get – I'm pretty sure they'll give you 50% off. Just email support at fantasyguru.com. And if it's an upgrade, if you're already a current member, then just say you you want the up, you're upgrading, and man says it's fifty percent off of what it is. So there you go. Just tell him I said it, and you'll get it. All right. So lock that down, everybody. You can follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Man's on Twitter, everywhere else the Jeff Man's all one word. That's Facebook, that's Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Uh, today on the program, I mentioned NFL draft is just a week away. I will be doing a ton of NFL drafts content here at fantasyguru.com, which I always do anyway. But also on Sirius XM, I'm going to be hosting the Elite Sports Show, which is sort of the pre show on Thursday and Friday. And then I'm going to be part of the four hour Thursday, five hours Friday spectacular that they put on on Fantasy Sports Radio. Me and Mike Dempsey and John Hansen and Jeff Radcliffe. We're going to be Bob Harris all hanging out talking ball and having a good time. I'm sure we'll be mixing it up. We always have disagreements. Love doing that with the boys. So that'll be a lot of fun. So I'm going to talk a lot. I'm going to talk running back rankings today. I may get into some offensive line stuff with you as well. If time is available, I don't want to go too over the hour because, you know, all the professionals say if you go over an hour, they don't listen as much, Jeff, an hours the limit. I don't know about that. I don't know, data schmada, right? Fucking talk the way we want to talk. We do what we want to do. So I'll get into as much as I can. All right. Um, Offensive line rankings, uh, offensive line men rankings, and running back rankings. I'll do some NFL news as well. Uh, Dive in. I I won't dive into the baseball season thus far. Uh, I mentioned how I've turned the season around as far as the betting is concerned, and we knew that was going to happen. I've been very open about it. I don't know why. Some years it starts off really, really good. Some years it starts off really, really bad. I tell people that every year, first week of the baseball season, first week of the football season, I'm like, listen, we've done the work. There's not even, I'm not a person that's going to be ill prepared or unprepared or be like, oh, I have no idea this guy was on this team. You'll never catch me like that. I always know that. But how the betting, or and or dfs stuff comes through that's a timing issue we just don't know when the wins are going to come we know the wins are going to come we know the results are the results but we don't know when and so it gets discouraging when you start out it's great to start out hot but i think sometimes starting out hot can actually really fuck with your mind because you start thinking that you're in a lot better situation you get a lot you get too overconfident, right? And you, you think, oh, it's fine. And you start giving back units or giving back plays or setting shitty lineups or not doing that extra leg work that you need to be doing. And it really screws things up. In my case in baseball, it started out kind of cold and been absolute fire. I caught fire in DFS thanks to Ray Flowers and CJ Kaltenbach and Ted Schuster and Chris Rose and Scott Bonder over FantasyGuru.com, those write-ups have been amazing. And uh, really was on fire. I had a really good stretch for there. I had, what was it, six in a row, six for six in 50-50 caches, cash, and then had a nice GPP finish, uh, top eight in a big GPP a week and a half ago, early last week. So everything was going good. everything's fine. Giving back a little bit in DFS, but I've surged. I haven't had a losing night in over a week now and betting on baseball, right? So I like where we're at right there. Some of the things I'm noticing, uh, for one, pitching is starting to come back around where we saw in the early portion, strikeouts were way, way down. So where you're playing the strikeout props, needed to go and use the unders. I didn't. I was looking for overs. That stymied me in the beginning, although I did p- pretty well. Only three losses all season on strikeout props. And one of which came today, by the way, fucking Mason Miller, Oakland A's That bullshit, man. Had five strikeouts and 80 pitches, or I'm sorry, 60 pitches had 20 more pitches to go. You thought another inning and a half, at least only gets 80 pitches total and doesn't strike out another guy, man. That's been brutal, brutal. But, um, Feeling good with that, you know, weather starting to clear up. So the hitters are identifying themselves when the hot streaks, I should say, are identifying themselves. Look for hard contact, look for good exit velocity, good average exit velocity. Look for, if you're watching games, watch when players make good contact, but the defense makes a diving catch or a a great throw, a ball's hit into the hole, shortstop goes out and gets it, beats him by a step in the box score it shows 0 for one, but mentally you realize, oh no, this guy's right on it. And things like that. So that has been a good sign for us and a good way to get back. And I'll tell you, probably it was a good thing for me as I'm doing so much football stuff right now. Continue to do NBA stuff over at fantasyguru.com as well. It's probably a good thing that I got off to a bad start in baseball because that pisses me off. I hate fucking losing. You guys know it. If you listen to me on the radio, if you listen to this podcast, you know I hate losing. I won't lose. I am i won't do it. I, until when Someday, you will not hear my voice on this podcast. That day, I will be in the fucking ground. I'll be dead. That's the only way they're going to get me to stop winning. I will figure it out. Not always sure how. Go into it with one plan. Sometimes we have to adjust, but we will get the W's. It will happen. So, yeah, that's that's a promise. It's a fucking guarantee. Talk about that a lot. And I mean it with every fiber of my being. So in that spirit, we will not be denied. And I'm glad I'm glad to be motivated by this coming baseball. season. Speaking of bad beats, though, yesterday really pissed me out. Just we don't realize how much scorekeeping plays into it. But well, I got completely screwed uh, last night. I'm recording this late on Wednesday night, um, the 19th of April. Last night, in, there was a, a NBA game with the L.A. Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. Had a nice little, you know, pretty easy for team parlay. It was going to pay us about two to one on our money. Um I used a lot of alt-line parlays. That's what I do for my NBA bets. And had the over five-and-a-half Russell Westbrook assist line. Russ comes out. Westbrook just starts shooting and shooting and shooting and and scoring and scoring and scoring. So we're down. But at one moment late in the first half, he had one assist at the time only. We needed six, of course. And the ball came off the rim directly to Russ. He he slaps the ball on purpose. He literally slaps it right to a a charging teammate who got the layup. It was an assist, credited as as an assist, rightfully so. And then they took it away right before like halftime. He went from one to two, back down to one. It's like, oh, bullshit. Bullshit. You know, sometimes this will happen in the NBA, happens in baseball, happens in football, and then they credit it back later. Well, during halftime, they gave it back. Okay, it's two assists. Okay, cool. So then, go to third quarter, gets another assist at that point. And in the third quarter, we're like, all right, we need two more going into, um, or yeah, two more. That was it. We needed two going into the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter starts. It's going. All of a sudden, you. I look at the box score. Actually, I didn't even look at it. Uh, one of our subscribers at Fantasy Guru looks at it, and he loses a fucking assist what the fuck he lost assist and it was never given given back. He had two assists in the fourth quarter, ended up with five for the game. I'm 90% sure it's all because of that, that slap of the ball that they weren't sure what to do with. That's a brutal one losing two units on that. And for me, it's a very large unit size, uh, well over a thousand dollars, um, is essentially what I do on the NBA, $500 unit size. So that's a brutal loss. That's a big loss, and it sucked. But we're still profitable. It bothers me, but I'm not going to get over the moon about it either. You'll win some of those, you'll lose some of those. I have had some, a couple games go to, to overtime in the NBA to get us some overs, so it's not like it's all doom and gloom. But uh, just another big negative in there as well. And That's something like w- when it comes to betting – playing daily fantasy, playing seasonal fantasy sports, which is sort of what I do for a living and what I preach and teach for a living, you know, even beyond that, like we got to learn. Have you guys noticed fewer and fewer people know how to handle themselves? Do you guys notice that? Like even in public, how many times have you guys been out in public? I, I watched a, uh, I saw a video the other day. My nephew actually was at the uh, Chicago White Sox game over the weekend last weekend on Sunday. Brought his family, loved the kids. You know, it's just so great. Reminds me of when I used to. I was with him, and I'd bring him the games, and you know what I mean. Like it's a great thing. And uh, I thought it was wonderful. I saw the pictures on Facebook, and everything's cool. The next day, I saw that there was a mu- massive fucking fight down the first baseline at the White Sox game. I mean, we're talking women and kids and men and people fight, throwing fucking haymakers and yelling and screaming at each other. Luckily, it wasn't in my nephew or his family's area, but there was a lot of kids around, a lot of people around. And I just I, I just thought, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing as a society that people can't handle their shit? What happened? Is it COVID? It, what what happened to people? You know what? Screw people. What happened to men? What happened? You know, it's funny. I've been talking to my son, Xander, quite a bit lately. He's 12 years old. And you know, he's in junior high school and things like that. So he's starting to talk to the girls and, you know, he's out in the world and talking to people and he's got basketball games and baseball games and all this shit. So he's out there. So I've I've had to talk to him a bunch lately. And I remember my old man telling me things. He was a drunk, but uh, my dad's a good guy. But he was an alcoholic my entire childhood. I've talked about that in previous podcasts. But between the drinking, he would have bouts of clarity and he would teach me things, how to be a man, right? Like he just said, be a man, be a man. This, This is what you do. This is what you do. And my dad once told me your last name means something. Our last name means something. When you go out. And you embarrass yourself, you embarrass me. You embarrass your mother, your sisters, your brothers, your grandfather. You embarrass all of us. You go out there and fuck around, screw off, get in trouble. You emba- you don't embarrass yourself. You embarrass all of us. You carry your last name around with you. and You do it with pride and respect, class and grace. You taught me those things. And I've been teaching that, trying to teach it to my son, who I noticed it's, it's a different world. Right. And I have two older daughters and obviously I've been very forthcoming with what she's been through. But my oldest has been through. But like they're out there, they're dating and, you know, they're boyfriends and and the whole deal. And it's fucking preposterous what I hear. And it's not I'm not doing that dad thing or my daughter and you treat her with all the. No, I'm taking be a normal person. Right. What happened to Matt? What the fuck happened? Folks, those of you with kids, daughters, sons, what have you, raise them better. Pay instill dignity and class into them. Because I don't know what happened. And with boys, and I I told my son, I said, I'm not raising you to be a boy. I'm raising you to be a man. And there's a difference. And men have integrity. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't steal. Three things. You don't. These are things that you fucking control. Every one of us controls those things. You do not lie. Why do you lie? You lie to mask something. Now, do you lie? You say, hey, this won't hurt. And you know, and when a shot's coming, my daughter's in the hospital. I tell her, Oh no, this this one's gonna be okay. Okay, yeah. White lie here, there. Mm-hmm. I'm talking big lie. It's your baby. That's that kind of lie. It's you know, you know when you're lying, when your lie would hurt somebody. There's no reason, even if the lie would hurt somebody, telling somebody that you love them or you care about them or or what have you, when you really don't or you're indifferent, that's a big lie. There's no need for it. No reason for it. Honesty is something, is one thing I think all human beings, from the day we're born, all throughout our lives, one thing we all can understand. And as much as we don't like the truth, as much as we, some of us can't handle the fucking truth, you can't handle the truth. We all respect it. We know when somebody has to tell us something that's hard news or bad news, we get pissed. Sometimes we want to fight. We want to argue. But if it's truth and it's honest, you still respect it. Whether you admit it to them or yourself or not, you respect it. You don't have to lie. Cheating, what's the point? I don't know why. That's why I don't get like Major League Baseball and steroids. I understand you want to make more money. I understand that. But to cheat to do it? In my world... And then my thought process: If I had to cheat to do a better radio show, uh, Jeff, man, has been juicing for years. Podcasts would be nothing without the sauce, man. If if I had to do that, it wouldn't be worth it. I would always know. That's the thing. Don't you know inside your soul? You know, it's not real. You know, you'll be found out eventually. Is it really worth holding the all-time home run record when nobody admits you have it and you can't get in the Hall of Fame and nobody thinks anything of you? You don't even get mentioned. Barry Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, was it really worth it? I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it was worth it. What was the point? You had a good run, you made money. And I know some of you are like, oh, fucking money. Money ain't everything. I've been dirt poor and I've been pretty wealthy. Not very wealthy, but... You know, I sit here, got plenty of money in the bank, right? Investments, all that bullshit. But I don't know. It doesn't. I, I, I always, I will always say, people are like money doesn't buy happiness. Bullshit. Of course, it does. It buys you the things that can make you happy. It eases your mind a lot. There's no doubt about it. I've been dirt fucking poor. Right? I start out in fantasy sports, had to refinance my house and sell cars, and have nothing to my fucking name, not a penny in the bank when I started this endeavor. So, but, you know, it's worth it. It was worth it. It was fine. It's not worth the cheating in that element. It's not worth it. You know you're cheating. You know you didn't earn that money. You can get sued for it too and lose it all plus some, plus whatever you had before that, and you lose your name and you lose your reputation. Is that worth it? It's not worth it. Don't steal. Why do you take from others? You know how you know what I, I believe in stealing? I believe in part of stealing. That's what winning's about to me. Winning is about stealing my opponent's glory, their happiness, their feeling of accomplishment. That's what I want to steal. I don't want to steal something. If somebody gets a, if I see, uh, like, I see a $20 bill on the ground, I'm not, I, I've never been this way. I'll feel like, oh, I should have that $20 bill. It's now mine. It's no, why is it yours? Fuck off. Somebody dropped that 20. You know, it's not yours. You didn't earn it. It's not your money. You trust me, folks. I know some of you probably disagreeing with me hardcore on this, but believe, you have to believe me. Those situations, taking from others to make yourself feel good, is a very temporary fix. Simply not worth it. You know how good you are or aren't, even if you lie to yourself. Other people know it. They know if you're lucky fuck that didn't earn their spot in life or if you're somebody they they truly respect, right? So they know. Have integrity have integrity. Stand for something. And I don't mean be a political fucking nuisance asshole. I don't care what, what side of the aisle you're on. I, I think it's all dumb. All of it. If you don't this is another thing. All right. Let me let me let me step back from the political thing, even though I'm gonna dive right back in. If you believe in either side, and I guess that's all we have now is two sides because why the fuck not, because we're all lazy assholes. Uh, if you just are across the board, believing in one side, then you're just, you know you're wrong. <laughs> there's nobody, you are wrong, you're just wrong. You're on the wrong side of history and life. Neither side is right. There's right parts and there's wrong p- parts. One side is right on this, the other side's right on this. Much of it is in the middle, either one of the sides are right because everybody has to go to extremes, because otherwise, well, yeah, I don't know why they have to do it, but that's our political system nowadays. Stand for something. What do you stand for? And why do you stand for it? Don't stand for it because somebody else did it. I think the things I stand for most are things I have experienced with. I've personally experienced. I said it on the radio show after my daughter got out of the hospital. I just advocated that I think when... If you have time, if you don't have money, if you're not a charitable person because you don't have the money, you don't make enough or don't have the excess to spend. And in today's economy, I totally get that. Spent the most valuable thing you have is your time. Volunteer to hospital. It's incredible how needy every, I've been to a lot of hospitals in my time, unfortunately. Grandparents, parents, brothers and sisters, myself, now my kids, from Chicago to Arizona. Hospitals, every hospital I've ever been to needs help. Somebody to answer phones. Somebody to help people in waiting rooms. Somebody to point people to the right waiting room or to this floor or that floor. Where's ICU? Where's the emergency room? What doors are locked? Which doors are Those types of things are simple. Spend an hour at a hospital. Learn your way around. You can help people who in that moment when they're at a hospital, they are the most needy people. So that's something I believe in. I believe in that because I've experienced it and I see it, right? You don't have to believe in things you've never experienced. I like guns. I hate guns. What's your experience of guns, right? You don't have one. So what the fuck do you have an opinion on it? You just do because other people do. Well, I saw somebody here loves it or somebody here hates it. So I'm with them. No, no, no. Stand for yourself. Stand for what you believe in. Your life is important. Things you've experienced, every single one of us, none of us get credit for our experiences. That's why we bullshit. People lie on fucking social media. They lie and embellish themselves and their values because they don't think they, deserve, they will get enough likes or recognition if they just wrote, hey, took a nice clean dump today. I ate a bunch of apricots. Yeah, I said apricots, not apricots. I just love saying apricots. I don't know why I like that. I ate an oatmeal bar and then I watched six episodes of The Office, ate lasagna for dinner, went for a walk outside, and went to bed. I'm like that's a boring day. That's not, it's your fucking experience, and your experience matters. Somebody somewhere. Oh, what kind of lasagna did you have? Well, you know, I've been using this thing, this recipe. And, oh, what kind of recipe? See, your life now affected somebody else's. The most mundane thing, it doesn't have to be, I almost got killed in a car crash because somebody went real fast. It's not all dramatic. Every day isn't dramatic. Every day isn't a big event. I'm trying to make it so. Even your worst day matters to somebody. Somebody out there can learn something from your experiences, and that's the kind of stuff you should stand for. We all should stand for it's taken me a long time to learn this kind of stuff. I used to do the, all the same things. I used to all mock outrage for things that I was told to be outraged by. And in my heart, I'd be like, I'm only really outraged by that. And then there are other things. That I'm like, I'm fucking outraged. And nobody else says anything. That's why I'm happy to have the voice that I do on radio and podcasts and, and elsewhere, social media. I don't say much of anything. I definitely don't talk about politics or any of that kind of stuff. Cause I really don't really feel it. You know what I mean? Like I don't identify with these groups and these people. And I'm not taking that away from any of you who do. That's your journey and that's your right. But I also don't need to agree with you on everything. That's why the podcast is one man's opinion. We don't need to agree. We should be able to help each other, but be a man, have integrity, be humble. Downplay your achievements. Give other people credit. What's so fucking hard about that? You know you did something right. You know, ah, I just want to fucking... I, uh, I, I'm a boxer, and I just beat the shit out of my opponent. I'm a UFC fighter. I fucking choked the fuck out of this guy. So saying you're the greatest in the world, just tell hey, man, thanks, for everybody, for the support. My trainers did an amazing job. Thanks to RC Cola for getting me fueled up for this fight, whatever the fuck, you know. I mean, just be humble about it. You know you're good, you're big and strong, or you're fast, or you're smart, you're rich, or whatever achievement you have, you know that. You don't need to boast about it. Now, by all means, somebody's talking shit and you gotta hit them a little bit little jab back. Save that for then. I need to boast about anything else. You know what else? Take care of women, take care of females. That's an archaic take probably by me and today is like how dare you say I don't give a fuck because I believe in that my old man taught me that years ago and I'll go down boys are built differently we grow bigger we grow stronger that's just how it is I'm not saying every single instance of course not protect women there's when you're in a why should there be a fight in the stands with a bunch of women around why are you doing that? That's not, most women don't want to fight. If they do, then then fight. But 99.9% of all women I've ever encountered aren't really into fighting. They don't want, they don't like violence. They're not aggressive by nature. Right? Men and boys are. So it takes us to protect them. Protect all people. You know, it doesn't have to be a man-woman thing. It could be just people that don't want to be around violence. Kids, kids shouldn't be subjected to that shit. They shouldn't be a part of that. You know, protect women. Provide, my old man taught me that, that's, and that's an outdated philosophy too, but whatever it is, it doesn't have to be monetary. Provide whatever it is you do. You're the stay-at-home dad or something, and provide that. Provide whatever you can. Do your partner relationship. You know, that, that I, I don't know why that's so hard. I don't know what happened to men. Like I said, women like you for that. Women like men, be, those that are attracted to men like men for that part of it. That's what attracts them to us. You don't realize it, but that's the thing. You don't have to be like them. You don't need to wear makeup, eye makeup. Why guys wear makeup all the time, too? There are two types of younger males in our culture right now those who wear makeup and are consumed with their own physical appearance either makeup or they work out so much and they can't stop taking their shirt off and everything else and those that don't take care of themselves all are big sweaty gross apes there's like nobody in between anymore i don't know if you guys have been out in public since COVID or not but that's the two type of younger males that there are. And neither side is very attractive to women. Just so you're aware dudes out there and women back me up on it. I know that we have a lot of ladies listen to the podcast at Jeff underscore man's tweet me. I'll retweet to tell them comment on the post. You don't want a guy who is more worried about his looks than you are. You don't want a guy who takes all your makeup and has to wear more than you do. You don't want a guy who's sloppy and gross and a big fat mess and out of shape either. It's the mixture of the two women like you for being that way. So be a man for crying out loud, be a man, be in charge, take an ownership. Don't be afraid to be wrong. How many of you with this? I heard that we're in the, I won't say which coworker, the other day, I was talking like one of the coworkers of mine, a fancy guru. He's talking about the tried and true. My wife never can decide on dinner, and what what we're doing for dinner, or what we're doing. And I totally, oh my god, that's my house all the time. But event we, I will ask. Right, what do you want? I really don't have a feeling, But if I, if we get into that rhythm, that I don't know, what do you want? I don't want. How about this? No, no, I don't want that. I don't. There's no more decisions. We are having Italian. We. Uh, you are making pork chops. I am making spaghetti. We are going to McDonald's. We are going to we're ordering pizza from here. Don't leave. Be in charge. That's what being a man is too. Take leadership. Take a responsible role. That's what being a man is about. It's not that hard. You got we've got to get better as a fucking society like that, man. We just do. Because this. What's happening now is just disturbing and gross. And it's going to create an entire, like what I thought about this, like what happens? And I'm not saying it's all age related, but a lot of it is. And I I blame it's not the kid's fault. You're 25 and under. It's not your fault. It's your fucking parents fault. Your parents created you, molded you into a pussy. That's what happened. That's what happened. It was not you. You don't know any better. You just got in the world. And your parents never held you accountable or made you do any manual labor of any kind. What happens if we got into a war? Who the fuck's going to fight? Bunch of glam rockers? Are you fucking kidding me? Who's going to storm beaches in Normandy? Who's going to stand up? Right? What if a World War II situation happened? Who's going to be the ones? Everyone's just falling in line. What are you guys all going to fucking march? What's going on? Nobody's willing to stand up and say, hey, no, no, no. This is wrong. They're fighting at sporting events at fucking Comiskey Park, one of the hardest neighborhoods in the entire fucking world. And not one person will say, hey, fucking enough. I did that. I've done that several times. My son's basketball game one time there are two kids got in a fight fist fight on the thing. I have not, I'm not a coach. I'm not a part-time coach. I don't do any of that. I just sit on the sidelines. Normally I'm very quiet. I'll talk to my son after the game about whatever. Um, and one time these two kids, these two kids were drawn and they kept going back and forth and you kind of seen it building and building and nobody said anything and nobody said anything and nobody said anything. And the referees are all just fucking college kids who don't give a shit either. And, and then boom, something happened, an elbow flew, then a fist flew, then they start swinging in the middle of the court. Do you want to know? And a, f- a fucking gymnasium. It had to be 200 people in that gymnasium. Ah, maybe 100. Nah, probably 100 people. Yeah, 100 people. Maybe not 200. I embellished. Sorry. 100 people. Referees, coaches, assistant coaches, other kids, fan, everybody's parents, grandparents, everybody in there. Do you want to know who said something? Me. I, I said, hey, it and everybody in that fucking gym was like, whoa, what the hell? And those kids looked at me like, who, never mind, who the fuck are you? And but they stopped and they literally the fight was over. Just with me saying that. We need more of those people. More me's be a man's. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to boast myself. That was just one instance, but you have to. I know, oh, I'm scared. I'm gonna get sued. Sued for what? Nobody's suing you. Bunch of fucking poor people. Nobody's suing anybody. Everybody threatens to sue. Nobody has any idea what it takes to file a lawsuit. It takes a lot. I gotta sue you for raising your voice. You know what I mean? I told the story about Halloween. The kids came and broke the my our dish in our front yard, knocked over a table, broke a glass dish, stealing all the candy and shit. And I chased him down the block. I held the kid by his neck. I, I see that kid all the time. I see his parents all the time. They're going to say shit to me. What are you going to Sue me? Go, go right fucking ahead. so me for what? You being a little asshole? Don't knock over people's shit. Don't steal from people. Don't get your Then you won't get your block knocked off. Simple. And if kids, and by the way, kids know this. But if parents, if all of us, our 40-year-old pluses, 30-year-old pluses that have younger kids. If we don't install that in them, if we don't teach them, we're raising a valley of idiots and wimps. And no one's going to want to have sex with them. That's that's my final say there. There we go. All right, let's get into uh, um, my NFL draft conversation. Let's talk NFL in general. I, I didn't get a chance to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers trading for Allen Robinson, or as Sandro Nello would say, Allen Robinson. I thought it was a pretty interesting deal. You know, the Rams just were done. Evidently, that's the thing about Allen Robinson. I don't think there's anything left in his tank. I fell for it. It's v- one of the hardest things to do. Let's talk about being a man. Here's another thing with analysis and about fantasy sports, right? Allen Robinson, for those who follow my work for years, know that he was one of the guys we called him all in Robinson because I went all the way in chips all the way. in. I thought he was one of the best values in the drafts in fantasy football drafts in 2021 and said, all right, well, this, you know, in Chicago thought everything was going to go well and start out slow. And I'm like, what's he going to have? And I said, well, yeah, if you're going to cut him now, what's he going to have 500 yards and two touchdowns all year? Well, he had 401 touchdowns all year long. 400 yards. It was the worst I've ever seen. That was coming off a 100-catch, 1,200-yard season just one year before. But he absolutely deteriorated. And what happened? Oh, that's a quarterback. That's the offense. The Bears, they stink. Okay, well, he went to the world champions last year. What did he do? He averaged a cool three catches and 30 yards a game. He did catch three touchdowns, but that's one of the touchdowns came when Cooper Cup was already out for the season. Nothing. I don't think there's anything left. I don't think there's anything left. He got a big payday to go to the Rams. I loved Allen Robinson coming out of Penn State. Loved him in Jacksonville. Had him in fantasy at year 24. 15 or whatever, when he had 14 touchdowns and 1400 yards and even his injury plague seasons, I I was always been a fan of him. Loved him coming to Chicago, put together a couple great seasons there. But sometimes even in the late twenties that technically they're still in their peak, they just don't have it. He still can catch the football, not a ton of drops, only a 60% catch percentage over the last two years though. And I don't know if playing with Kenny Pickett is going to matter one iota. I don't think it's going to help him, right? I don't think it's going to really help him. I think even if Pickett makes the kind of leap or step that the Steelers fans and folks hope that he does, you got Deontay Johnson and George Pickens already there. Third receiver, fine, but Allen Robinson's off the fantasy radar to me. The number one Steeler wide receiver is George Pickens. That's not going to change. And the number two is Deontay Johnson. The number three is Najee Harris. And the number four is Pat Fryermuth. So if you want to start getting into the Calvin Austins and Allen Robinsons, which is where he's at, fine. But that's not going to happen for me. Other news around the NFL, and I cannot wait to the draft. And we're only a week away Less than that, if you're listening to this over the weekend or maybe early in the new week, we're going to get a bunch of trades, y'all. We are going to see a ton of trades. We don't know. Aaron Rodgers, that trade has not been, that has not happened yet. It has to happen at the draft. It has to. Would the Packers really not trade like, not take a first-rounder this week and maybe in the future or whatever draft pick they end up getting, you wouldn't take – you'd put it off a year? I don't – that would be fucking redonkulous if that they agree to that. But that's why it has to happen soon. But also comes word 49ers are listening and entertaining offers for Trey Lance. That's interesting. And it's interesting because – You know, one of those under-the-radar signings from a couple weeks ago during the NFL free agency period, the frenzy, if you will. We know Brock Purdy is going to miss some, if not all, the season with the UCL. But why did the 49ers get Sam Darnold? It's an odd choice, right? Now, a couple of things with the Darnold signing. One thing, we know Sam Darnold kind of sucks. Of course, some of us knew that in draft day. Said it, documented. I interviewed him on SiriusXM, spent five minutes with the kid, and said, yeah, that ain't it. That ain't it. He's he ain't it. Period. End of discussion. Jets said, nah, I think he is. Didn't work. Caroline said, yeah, I think he is. No, it wasn't. Why, Darnold? What kind of offense are you going to run? It's one thing to have a seventh-round pick. You had Garoppolo. Because he's familiar with your offense and everything else. Then you a seventh rounder on Brock Purdy. You didn't think you got anything out of. It's one thing to have that. But Trey Lance now becomes your starter. If if the 49ers really believed that Trey Lance was their starting quarterback now or in the future, then you bring a backup like Marcus Mariota. Or maybe in the draft, you're going and trying to get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or somebody who's mobile. If Even if you want to put a clock on Trey Lance. You don't get another pure pocket passer only. Unless Trey Lance isn't your quarterback. And with this news coming out, I got to tell you, I think Trey Lance is going to get moved. I think he's going to get moved. I think the 49ers are going to make some kind of move here where – they are going to get rid of Lance and try to get some high, cut their losses, know that Brock Purdy's their guy of the future. Let Sam Donald start for half the season or, or whatnot and sort of restart the clock. If you will, that's what I think, because this is too much, too much going on around the 49ers to think they have, there's no evidence at all that Trey Lance is their guy, that they really believe in him. And by the way, as good, as great, as John Lynch and the 49ers have done over his, during his tenure, it has to be said, we have to say it, that they have had real problems drafting quarterbacks. They missed out on Mahomes and Watson, too. They drafted Solomon Thomas instead. They got a miracle with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he led them to the playoffs twice and to a Super Bowl once. The 49ers trade up for that top three pick a couple years ago, and every single person, everything that came out was that they targeted Mac Jones third, with Lawrence going first, obviously, and the Jets likely on Zach Wilson, another big miss for the Jets. But that's and, and then they pulled a 180. They didn't know what to do because they fell out of love with Mac Jones, and then they said, well, I guess everyone loves Trey Lance. Let's get Trey Lance. Meanwhile, Justin Fields, who was the second-best quarterback in that class, I said it the entire time, that's why I got naked on our live stream, he was just sitting there right there for you, and they didn't take it. That's the 49ers have been great in a lot of areas of the personnel department. Quarterback has not been one of them. Davis Mills was in that draft for crying out loud. Davis Mills, pretty damn good for the Houston Texans. Pretty damn good. And if he would have been with Kyle Shanahan, if you would have made him third overall pick, would have been a lot better than what we've seen out of Trey Lance. Hell, better than Zach Wilson as well. Hell, I'd rather have Davis Mills than Mac Jones. I'll just fucking say it. Oh, Jeff, you can't say that. I did. I will, and I just did. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, elsewhere, you know, the NFL draft news, Bryce Young likely going first. I talked about it yesterday. I'm not a fan. Or yesterday. Last week. I'm not a fan of that. Panthers, evidently they have their guy. I will not believe it until I see it documented. I hear it announced at the podium on Thursday. How you could possibly take him over C.J. Stroud is beyond my comprehension. It really is. In fact, Stroud is the only quarterback deserving in the top ten in this year's draft. Let's look at the running back position because I talked quarterbacks last time. And again, all this information is available to you over at fantasyguru.com so get over there and get our NFL draft guide. It's our franchise mode package if you're just interested in the football side of things. The franchise mode, it's like 30 bucks and you get all NFL offseason. So all of our free agency stuff. We got the trackers, uh, my rankings were up there, um, thoughts on the new signings in other places. We've got all our NFL draft profiles, mock drafts, dynasty rankings, prospect rankings. I mentioned the player profiles, our front office breakdowns, hits and misses over the last eight years for NFL general managers, player personnel directors, uh, player college director of college scouting, all the front office breakdowns, the coaching breakdowns as well. And we got full USFL coverage, full XFL coverage, all that shit for 30 bucks. Give me a break, folks. Give me a break. Make that going away. So, anyway, running backs in this class. The easiest pick there is, is, of course, Bijan John Robinson. B. John Robinson is a stud. He's one of the best running back prospects we've ever seen. Will he go in the top 10? I don't think so. I think he is going to go in the first round for sure. I I don't know why like everybody if you hear a fantasy analyst say they are link Bijan Robinson to a team go to their profile and see who their who their favorite team is cuz I see a lot of Eagles fans that claim the Eagles are going to draft Bijan a lot of Cowboys fans saying the Cowboys are going to draft Bijan and neither one of those teams are going to do that they are not drafting B. John Robinson. He's number one, though. Bijan, he's an all-world prospect. Great after contact. Lower center. Um big guy. Fast 4-4 runner with weight on him. Very muscular. Lower half, upper half match. Catches the ball out of the backfield. Full three down back. Can pick up yards after the con uh, after contact. I love every single thing there is about Bijan Robinson. And I'm not going to waste a lot of your time because I don't think you are downloading and subscribing and listening to one man's opinion, especially after my rant on be a man. I don't think you're listening to it to for me to tell you B. John Robinson's great. I'll let every other analyst do that because they haven't done work on any of the others. My number two running back is Zach Charbonnet from the from UCLA. Charbonnet's the real deal. He has a good chance. If anybody's going to have a better career than Bijan Robinson, all told, it'll be Charbonnet. Charbonnet is just pure. He's another great prospect, and he's being overlooked a little bit. He's complete, catches the football out of the backfield very, very well. He's big, actually bigger than Bijan, strong, makes yards after contact. He's everything you want to see too. He's a full service three down back and you know, the fact that we have two of them in this draft and it's what I look at, and I think it's very important for fantasy players out there come draft season, if you're doing best ball right now, or even a dynasty league, the B. John Robinson, Zach Charbonnet decision, I guess, comes down to this. Would you rather, have, we'll see where they go. That's what's most important, because Bijan, whoever he goes, he'll go in the first round, which once you're, if you're in the first round as a running back, you're going to be, there's nobody split time with you. You're going to be lead guy with Charbonnet. You don't know. He could drop to the third round realistically. And at that point, every team in the league has had a shot at him at least once, if not three times. So at some point does a team already with an established veteran running back or even a young emerging guy, bring him in and sort of split. That would not be great. If I'm an NFL team in need of a running back, though, and my decision is use my first rounder on Bijan Robinson, or take another position of need in the first round and the second round to come back in the third and get Charbonnet. Yes, that's what I'm doing. I think he's closer to Bijan Robinson than most people realize. Just pure big, strong, Josh Jacobs, better hands than Derrick Henry, not quite – nobody's ever quite Derrick Henry. Najee Harris, he's he's – that's Charbonnet, man. So those are the top two, and it's – those are a good portion ahead of everybody else. My number three is one that will surprise you. It's Israel Abanakanda, all right, University of Pittsburgh. Who? What? I don't know. Who's the Bondaconda? I have no idea. Well, I don't know why more people don't talk about Bondaconda because I'm doing my work. The guy who rushed for 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns at Pitt last year. Uh, Very, very useful. Very, very good. This film. This He's 5'11". He's 2'15". He is a great zone runner. They ran a zone scheme. Outside zone scheme, which means he can get to the edge. He's got that kind of speed to get to the edge and pull it back. He's got the strength to square his shoulders and break a tackle to get to the next level. Like Charbonnet is damn, damn good. Or I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Abanaconda is very, very good. Charbonnet is very good, as I mentioned before. But not somebody that everybody's talking about. As I went through it, I was very, very impressed by that young man and he's going to fall quite a bit. And 22 out of the 32 NFL teams last year have not finished compiling my systems breakdown yet. But ran zone majority zone runs over power gap zone, uh type of run running game, right? The most of them, I think it was eight, 17 ran outside zone, very very popular style to run. Thus, he fits in. The amount of teams he fits in with is much higher. It's the Shanahan style run game that Abanaconda runs very, very well. But I think he's got enough power and enough patience to run in a power gap zone. So I think he could fit in either place. He's a good pass blocker. Doesn't need to be pulled off the field in passing down situations for blocking. He hasn't been asked to do much in the passing game. They get twelve catches last year or something like that in college. But you know that's not his fault. He had more with Kenny Pickett in twenty twenty one, doubled his production. So he had a lot more on the ground last year. Was actually more of a passing down player for the Panthers, Pit Panthers last year than he was in 20 or in 2021 than he was in 2022. So this is a this is a three down back who fits zone very, very nicely, very impressive, a lot of yards after the contact, knows for the end zone, can catch the football out of the backfield as well. And you're going to get him at a massive discount price. So that Israel Abanaconda is a player you need to mark down right now. Right, pause the podcast, write his name down right now, and see where he lands. See where he ends up, because if he gets in the right scheme and the right system, like, that's, we're all sort of looking chargers because, well, you know, Austin Eckler wants to be traded, and we know the the immense amount of value there, even though Joe Lombardi's gone. I look at Denver and Javante Williams will come back and will likely be a stud fantasy player even post-ACL surgery. But if they go you know, fourth round, a Kanda comes in, oh, shit, Javante may be in trouble because this dude in that Bronco system would be a, a running back one in fantasy football. So even if he ends up somewhere – We know Cincinnati is another place. Maybe Joe Mixon's on his way out. Maybe he's not. We'll see. Miami's got a wide open backfield there. They may be in need for it. Cowboys may bring in somebody. Everybody's trying to... All Cowboy fans are trying to pretend as if they're going to go for Bijan, but you may may get a Bonaconda instead. which would be a hell of a great fit there. Philadelphia, everyone wants Bijan. Those are some good systems to fit into, right? And you look and see where he goes. Atlanta would be a nice spot. Where he fits could be a huge, one of the best value picks. Remember, unlike quarterbacks and tight ends, we don't want quarter, we don't want rookie quarterbacks and tight ends. You draft them in dynasty just because you have to. But running backs, you pay the premium for because they're going to be, Producers likely in year one. The top end guys are going to get on the field. They're going to rise on the depth chart and they're going to make a fantasy impact in year one right out of the gate. And the other thing about Abanda he just turned 20. Just turned 20 in October. Young man. My number four is Jameer Gibbs. I'm not going to sit here and give you all hey, Jameer Gibbs, uh, uh, Elvin Camaro. That's all everybody says. He's Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. Meanwhile, I was in, I was at that draft in 2017 when Alvin Kamara was in it. Nobody identified him. He, I had a first round grade on him. He fell to the third round when he landed in New Orleans. I said, this guy's a fantasy superstar. He is going to be a superstar in that offense. And then they signed Adrian Peterson and Kamara was back. And I said, oh shit, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And then it took him one game. Get rid of Peterson, and Kamara was an absolute stud. So, Jameer Gibbs could be Alvin Kamara, but it takes a lot. He's a young, he's a slender, shorter version of Kamara. Good route runner, good pass catcher, home run type speed. But a guy that uh, could get broken down quite a bit, especially if he's used in. If you give him a bigger role, then he's more likely to break down. Don't forget, and this is something that I think trips up a lot of folks when it comes to um, when it comes to like player valuations and, and whatnot. It, you start looking at like, Jameer Gibbs, Alabama running back, and what he did, and it was a great fit for the Crimson Tide, but Nobody was talking about this dude at Georgia Tech. Nobody. He was at Georgia Tech for two years. Did okay. Good pass catcher. He has some great highlight from just Georgia Tech days. But it was a fart in the wind. Nobody gave a shit. Then he went to Alabama, and now he's a. Now people are like, he's a sucker base Alvin Camaro. Give me a fucking break. Could be, but it's going to take quite a lot. Dwayne McBride, my number five running back. He's another guy. I value value three down guys. Dwayne McBride talked about this on the XM show recently. The only problem with McBride in the ride is that he fumbled 11 times in two years. I watched each and every one of those fumbles. Again, this guy rushed for 1,700 yards and 19 touchdowns. So you're aware, like he for University of Alabama, UAB, like he fucking killed it. This dude, he is electric, averaged seven and a half yards per touch <laughs> last year. Wow, yeah. Um, but half of them, I should say, there's not half because he fumbled 11 times. Five of the 11 fumbles were non contact fumbles. He has, like, sprinter-type speed. And you could tell he ran track, and he did back in high school, that he moves his hands away from his body. Like, think about if you and I are hit the treadmill and our arms are running like that. He, when he's in the open field, he does that. It's it's bizarre. But I don't think this is a fumbling problem that can't be corrected. I don't think that, I think this is a very easy correction and NFL coaches and position running back coaches and offense coordinators and head coaches, they will literally get tie a band around him. Like it's a sling and get him trained to run on the treadmill, do his workouts in this motion. So his arm is high and tight. They've done this with players before. And I think he is very capable. And at five 215, the absolute prototype for an NFL running back, in this case, like normally a fumbler, ooh, I freak out too, and I'm sure you guys did. I think this can be corrected with some simple coaching, and this guy could be an all-pro in the league. All right? So I love it. Um, I-, I love him very, very much. Good pass catcher out of the backfield as well. The whole deal. Very fluid and the hip area, the lower half, where it's hard to center his hips and hit when you're hitting him low, it's hard to get him. You, you slow him down, but he won't be knocked away by arm tacklers because he's got that swivel. So, Dwayne McBride, UAB, my number five. Uh, let's see, I B. John Robinson, one, Charbonnet, two, Abanaconda, three, Jameer Gibbs, four, Dwayne McBride, five, six. Tajay Spears, I'm not the biggest Tajay Spears guy. I, he has a a group of people that absolutely love him, and he's got a group that say he's too undersized, but then the same people who say that claim that uh, um, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, M- and, and whatnot, the, all those guys are uh, are totally fine. You're right, are the the uh, there's a lot of undersized running backs in this year's class if you haven't noticed that yet, and that's a chain, a devon, a chain, and uh, Deuce from um, I'm absolutely blanking on what school he's from, but uh, the, the Deuce Vaughn that was a Deuce Vaughn. I uh, know I totally blank on the school though, totally blanking. So, um, yeah, Deuce Vaughn, yeah, so I, I mean, I got, I got Deuce Vaughn. Barely makes my top 20. He's my 19th. I ain't touching that fucker. But Tajay Spears is good. Tajay Spears, little slight, little smaller, little – um, he's taller than anything. He measured out over 5'10", but only 201 pounds. He runs – he will run lower. He will help. He's a, a well-built upper half that he will get lower – as he gets into contact, which is something I like to see as a smaller player. Those that don't do that, think of like a uh, a bug that rolls up, what do they call it, like a roly-poly bug. They roll into a ball to kind of save themselves and make it harder for predators to throw it off. Same concept with when you're running back. Got to get low and use all your body to muscle out these guys as much as possible because if they don't take the right angle and they don't, take the right procedure and and knock out, you could, you keep going. You just bounce off of them because you're light and they hit hard and you just keep moving in a different direction. So, uh, very productive running back, good receiver out of the backfield. I love, he has like advanced vision. It's one of those guys who could see sets up the blocks well, sets up his lane and his path. He knows where he wants to go especially when he gets into the second level of the, the defense, he's absolutely deadly in that second level. Cause he he's already ahead of you. Like he gets through the line. If you don't get him early, if you, you don't get Tajay Spears early, it's very tough to get him. The balance is fantastic. The paths he takes to cuts are fantastic. And I I was very impressed with him actually just a little undersized. Right. And Ultimately, that's what kept him down on my charts. It's why I'm not a Tajay Spears stan, but I do like him quite a bit. Kendry Miller from TCU, I love. I like Kendry Miller, great deal. You, if you watch the Horn Frogs play at all, you know they were one of my favorite teams to break down in the this year for the draft. I don't. I watch college football. I don't watch a ton. I don't pay a ton of attention to it. Also, I don't really evaluate talent for the college level. I evaluate it for the next level. So they were one of my favorite teams because I couldn't figure out what they did right. And I went into it thinking, oh, it's Quentin Johnston. It's the passing game. And then I'm like, "Eh, it's not. I'm lower on Quentin Johnston than I thought I would be. But I'm higher on Kendra Miller. And that part I like a, a real great deal. So, um, they say they don't like the speed. I think the speed is, I have no problems with Kendrick Miller's speed. He's another one that takes great paths to cuts, he sets things up very, very well as well. Um, you, you know, he's patient runner that he does, he's one of those play those running backs that does try to hit the 70-yard home run every single time. He tries to take every ball to the house, right? So at times, he he doesn't finish his runs incredibly well. I would like to see more falling forward, more leaning forward, and that, that means giving yourself up a little bit just to get that extra yard or two. He will stand upright and try to wiggle out of a tackle, especially if they got him by the lower half. And it often results in him being knocked backward then losing a yard or two. And that's, st- and that's something that can be coached, but I would, I love when it's instinctive in runners. So that's one of my only problems with, uh w- with Kendrick Miller, but I like him a lot. And I think that unlike other running backs that haven't showed, you know, when we're evaluating them for the, um, pass catchability, because I think that's another thing is with Miller you don't have a lot of receptions a lot of work right in the receiving department but when you saw him in workouts and you saw him catch passes out of the backfield you realize oh shit okay this guy the ball is doesn't surprise him when it arrives you know what I mean it does it's not a surprise, he knows what to do with it after the catch. He's he doesn't take that time, he doesn't have to body catch everything either. So, um, I'm a fan, I, I like him. I think there are a couple of things I wish I would have saw more, but he's my number seven. Uh, Devin A. Chain from Texas AM. I listen in the right system, but DeAndre Swift's a productive fantasy player. Right there. There's all kinds of. If you're if he gets in the right backfield. And gets an opportunity to play as a pass down exclusive type running back. He could be productive and in fantasy for a PPR. He can. He's a home run hitter. I think a chain also could be a punt returner kicker returner. That could end up being what he does as well. So a chain eight Eric Gray from Oklahoma. I like Eric Gray Eric Gray. Top 100 recruit, went to Oklahoma, you know, and he lived through the transition there. Um, Lincoln Riley leaving, going to USC and, and all that. So it's a t- whole different offense and coaching staff than what he thought he was getting into. But there's a lot of good tape. Very professional running back in Eric Gray. And my number 10 is Tank Bigsby. I'm way lower on Bigsby than Most people, I normally like big, strong, inside runners, and I do. I think Bigsby's a solid guy like that. His fumbles worry me more. He has less fumbles than Dwayne McBride, but it's a more concerning fumble because he's built so strong and he's got good form and posture that it just seems like he's not going to be able to hang out to the ball. I can't really explain why, but and that's what worries me uh, as well. So when you get very little pass catchability, and also does not look as good, he's a body catcher when he's worked out and caught balls in his pro day. So when you've got that combined with inside only or mostly running, not quite the speed you want to get to the edge, outside zone would give him trouble. And then when you get there, your ball security issues, oh, it was too much for me to be high on, and I know other folks are high on him, but I, I got him at number ten right now. I've got plenty more write-ups, some player profiles for running back position and all other positions exclusively over at FantasyGuru.com. Get over there, check it out if you're interested in our off-season only package, franchise mode. It's right there for you. Go to FantasyGuru.com, click the upper right-hand cor- corner. If you are the kind of person that likes to win money or fantasy leagues or both and you want to get some extra spending cash throughout the summer, get that VIP Platinum over at FantasyGuru.com. If you have to email us, email us support at FantasyGuru.com. If you already are a member but you're like, fuck it, I'm just going – I'm going to get everything. I'm going to get the VIP Platinum. We'll give you 50% off that. Just tell a man sent you and that we'll use whatever you've paid so far toward that 50% off and boom, lock it in for the year. That way you get my NBA playoff bets, my baseball bets. You get baseball DFS, everything that we do, USFL, XFL, NFL draft guide, fantasy football draft guide, coaching breakdowns, all the DFS write-ups during the season for football and all the bats, every single slate, our college football stuff as well. Get that VIP Platinum over there, everybody. Also want to give a shout-out to my folks over at SuperDraft.io. Remember, every Friday night, we play Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy Baseball is best on Friday nights. The Jeff Man's Race to the Break Contest. This is set up by our guys over at SuperDraft.io. Tremendous event. Updated scoreboard. If you haven't got in the first two weeks, it's perfectly fine. Still can get in there right now. The we are playing every Friday from now through the major league baseball all-star break. We play daily fantasy baseball on super draft. There's a contest link I send out. It's in our discord at fantasyguru.com. It's on my Twitter at chef underscore mans, and you win weekly cash prizes and you win cumulative prizes. The scores you get every single week add up and add up and add up. And at the end, the grand prize winner will win two tickets to the major league baseball all-star game in Seattle futures game, the, uh, the home run Derby, the whole shot in Seattle should be a great time. Add by there. There's cash prizes. If you don't get the grand prize all the way through 20th top 20 overall. So make sure you get over there and, uh, and check it out. Make sure you play every single solitary Friday night, um, throughout the season and it's only through the all-star break. And then after that it, it's done and uh, we'll move on to our football stuff as we normally do. So thanks to our guys over at SuperDraft.io for doing that. If you don't have an account with them, if you want to make your first deposit, you get 200% deposit bonus. Just use the promo code elite, E-L-I-T-E. So get over there to super draft checked out, make sure you're playing in that contest. Love to see it. it's free. I mentioned that. I probably should have mentioned that. Yeah, free. You know, it doesn't cost you anything to play, although you will have to play in one contest per week over at SuperDraft.io um, after this week. This week, it's totally free. The contest is always free, but I think to be eligible, you have to play in like one contest a week. So make sure you do that. Well worth it. Just go do it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for episode 153. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully we could have good debates with it. You enjoyed the baseball or basketball conversation, the NFL prospect rankings for the running back position. Uh, follow me on social media at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I sighed because I'm just thinking, what else did I talk about? Oh, yeah, I taught you how to be a man. And I, hopefully, I hope that some of you parents out there will do this to your kids. If not, take your own and take the advice I gave away and do it anyway. Trust me, you will not regret it, folks. We need more adults, more men in this country and in this world. We need more people to be st- stand up, not to be mischievous, not to be devious, not to lie, not to cheat, not to steal. Don't do those things. You'd be better off for it. All right, folks, you may agree with everything that I said on this show, or you may disagree with every damn thing I say and said on this show. And, folks, that's what being a man's all about. It's okay. We can disagree. We're not supposed to agree on everything. I love you guys all the same, and hopefully you appreciate, if not love me as well. The reason we do this is because it's just one man's opinion. That's it, everybody. We'll see you next time. Appreciate each and every one of you. See you next week. Deuces!